Are you an independent creative with a product, a service, a podcast, or a book to promote? In a world where influence can sometimes feel like a high-speed race, we're going to explore the secrets of striking a perfect balance. Okay, maybe not quite perfect, but a balance without losing sight of our authentic selves. We'll take a drive down the winding paths of humility, steer clear of the pitfalls of pride, and... At the end of the journey, unlock the transformative power of gratitude. On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals. Plus, tools, and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn, the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. When was the last time you checked your numbers on your favorite social media platform? Were they what you hoped for? Are you drawn to articles or episodes with titles such as these? 10 Proven Strategies to Skyrocket Your Social Media Followers and Influence From Zero to Hero, How This Influencer Gained a Million Followers in Six Months The Science of Influence, Psychology Tricks to Expand Your Follower Base Cracking the Code, Secrets Behind Viral Content that Boosts Your Influence Influencer Marketing 101, Building Genuine Connections for Lasting Impact Navigating the Algorithm, How to Outsmart Social Media Platforms and Gain More Followers, Building Your Personal Brand, A Step-by-Step Guide to Amplify Your Influence, From Blogger to Influencer, Turning Passion into a Follower Magnet. You see, my friends, the pursuit of influence in today's world can sometimes feel like a high-speed chase, a bit like trying to catch a squirrel on caffeine. And let's be honest, in this age of social media and trending hashtags, it's easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of likes, shares, and retweets. I've been there almost on a daily basis. But fear not, because we're going to unravel the secrets of how to expand your impact without tripping over your sense of self-importance. And really, the impact is not probably going to be what you think it is. Whether you're aspiring to be the next internet sensation or just looking to make your voice heard in your local community, this episode is for you in navigating the maze of influence. But wait, before we dive in, a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Humility and Influence Balance Scale. Okay, that's not a real thing, but wouldn't it be handy? Imagine if we could just step on a scale and get instant feedback such as, congratulations, you're 75% humble and your influence level just hit inspirational icon status. For now, we'll just rely on good old-fashioned wisdom and a splash of humor. And can I be honest here? It's difficult for me to balance what I'm supposed to do to grow my platform and stay grounded in being the regular everyday person I want to be. This is a problem that is not unique to writers and podcasters. If you're an independent business owner, someone who wants to sell a product or a service, you're creating worksheets for teachers, you're trying to sell jewelry at craft sales, anything that's an entrepreneurial pursuit where you have to get the word out, you know the feeling I'm talking about. So grab your favorite mug, get your coffee or tea, find a cozy spot to settle in, or maybe go for a walk. 
It's time to keep our feet on the ground, our hearts full of gratitude, and our spirits lifted as we explore the art of being humble while rocking that influence game. Okay, let's dive right in. But first, before we do that, let's have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is funded by my family budget and by the products that I sell. So let's have a word quick. Have you ever faced life's curveballs and felt as if you were in pieces? Well, I have something special for you. Renewed, a six-week Bible study in the Remade series, is written by yours truly. There's no need to be a Bible expert. This book meets you right where you are. So what's inside? Over six weeks, you'll dig into the Apostle Paul's story and his timeless letters. No fancy degree required. You'll explore thought-provoking questions and reflections, and go a little further with micro-studies throughout the week. Renewed is like a roadmap to rediscovery, renewal, and the kind of joy that sneaks up on you in the midst of life's messiness. It's like catching up with a friend who's been through it and wants to share their hard-earned wisdom. Themes such as redeem, restart, repurpose, revive, rejoice, and repeat light the way, showing you how to find beauty in the cracks and grace in the chaos. It's sprinkled with humor, relatable examples, and a healthy dose of soul-searching, and this book is your partner in spiritual growth. Whether you're flying solo or diving in with a group, Renewed has you covered. And don't worry, I left plenty of space for your notes, scribbles, and doodles. Ready to take a journey toward renewal, hope, and some serious soul-soothing? Grab your copy of Renewed, then get comfy, and let's dig in. Let's talk first about the heart of humility. It's important to recognize that humility isn't just a virtue that we should aspire to. It's a foundational principle of our Christian faith. Jesus, the very embodiment of God's love, demonstrated humility in every moment of his earthly journey, from his miraculous birth in a manger to his ultimate sacrifice on the cross, Jesus modeled a life of selflessness and servitude. When we look to Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, we find a clear directive on humility. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. These verses encapsulate the essence of humility in action. But how do we do that? in a world where we're running businesses, creating products, and trying to get the word out? What about authors who have books to sell? What about podcasters who want listeners? How do we grow our reach while still holding to the humility God calls us to? I heard an interview recently with Caitlin Beatty, and she is the author of Celebrities for Jesus, How Personas, Platforms, and Prophets Are Hurting the Church. She talked about how fame that is cultivated for its own sake, where spiritual maturity and accountability don't accompany it, it, runs counter to the heart of the gospel. So if I want to get the word out about the gospel and I want to write Bible studies like the one I just told you about, I somehow have to publicize those without running counter to the heart of what I'm writing. I've been struggling this because I don't want to be a celebrity And fame doesn't interest me, but I'm passionate about the message God has given me. So here's where I landed this week. Let's unpack the message of the Apostle Paul from the verses I just read. First, he talks about selfish ambition and vain conceit. 
In a world that often glorifies individual success and self-promotion, these words resonate deeply. We're called to examine our motives and our intentions. Are we driven by selfish ambition, seeking personal gain and recognition? Do we pursue our goals with vain conceit, putting ourselves on a pedestal? Humility challenges us to cast aside these self-centered desires and motivations. Another thing he talks about there is valuing others above ourselves. Humility encourages a shift in our perspective. Instead of constantly focusing on our own wants and needs, we're called to genuinely care about the well-being of others. This means acknowledging the inherent worth and dignity of every person we encounter, regardless of their social status, background, circumstances, whether they agree with us, all of those things. So we want to learn how to value others above ourselves, and it makes it difficult to do that in a culture where we're always trying to be number one. Paul also talks about looking out to the interests of others, which goes right along with that. This aspect of humility compels us to actively engage in the lives of those around us. It's about empathizing with their joys, struggles, offering a helping hand, and demonstrating compassion. By doing so, we reflect the love of Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve. Humility is a transformative force that reshapes our character, our relationships, and actions. As we grow in humility, we become vessels through which God's love and grace flow into the lives of others. It's worth noting that humility doesn't diminish our worth. Rather, it elevates us to a higher purpose, one that aligns with God's kingdom values. In emulating the humility of Christ, we learn to empty ourselves of pride, arrogance, and selfishness. We discover the beauty of self-sacrifice, recognizing that true greatness is found in serving others. This journey toward humility is a continuous process of surrendering our will to God, allowing His Spirit to mold us into reflections of His Son. So as we navigate the delicate balance of growing our influence, we have to remember that humility isn't a hindrance to success, but a stepping stone to meaningful impact. It's a heart posture. It leads us closer to Christ. It empowers us to make lasting differences in the lives of those we encounter. Now, we can't talk about humility without talking about the temptation of pride. As we embark on the journey of expanding our influence, it's important to address the formidable challenge of pride that lurks in the shadows. Pride, like a seductive whisper, tempts us with promises of recognition, success, and admiration. It can be easy to fall into the trap of seeking our own glory, but we must walk carefully, for pride has a way of leading us down a treacherous path. It's fun to win awards. It's fun to have someone recognize us somewhere. I've had that pleasure of winning an award or two or having somebody have read my book, a random person that I've run into. And it's easy to get sidetracked by those things. So let's look at this concept of pride. And and I've talked about this before, but it's an ongoing thing. It's, like I just said, a continuing battle. So I want to look at five concepts to consider as we continue with warding off pride and making sure that humility increases. One is the allure of recognition. In a world that values visibility and achievement, the allure of recognition 
recognition, I can't say that word, can be intoxicating. We might find ourselves striving for larger audiences, more followers, and greater applause. While it's natural to desire affirmation, we must be vigilant not to let this desire morph into an obsession that eclipses our genuine good intentions. The second thing to watch for is the dangers of self-centeredness. Pride feeds on self-centeredness. It blinds us to the needs and perspectives of others. It can cause us to prioritize our own agenda over the well-being of those we seek to serve. As Christians, we're called to mirror Christ's selflessness, placing the interests of others before our own. The third thing to look at is a shift in perspective. As we wrestle with the temptation of pride, it's crucial to shift our perspective. Our true worth and identity are rooted in our relationship with God. Our significance doesn't emanate from the world's applause or our accomplishments. Instead, it flows from our status as beloved children of God, created in His image and redeemed by His grace. I want to always have that in front of me, and the only way for me to do that is to regularly be in conversations with God. It might be sitting down with God's Word and opening it and reading that. A lot of times, it's just talking to Him throughout my day and reminding myself that I am His daughter, I'm created in His image, I'm redeemed by His grace, and only because of that grace do I have anything to say to somebody else. The fourth thing that we need to guard against is spiritual erosion. Pride has the capacity to erode away our spiritual vitality. It can create a barrier between us and God, and it hinders our ability to fully experience His presence and guidance. You know how that goes if you start to rely on yourself. That's really, I've had that experience where I begin to rely on myself, and suddenly I'm not seeing His presence and guidance everywhere I go. Humility, on the other hand, opens a door to deeper communication with God and a greater sensitivity to his leading. Those are those conversations I'm talking about of continuing to sense his presence, knowing he's leading and guiding and that I'm always relying on him for the next step. The last thing is cultivating humble confidence. Humility doesn't mean diminishing our talents or hiding our light under a bushel. It means acknowledging our gifts as blessings from God and using them to honor Him and bless others. By embracing a posture of humble confidence, we redirect the spotlight from ourselves to the One, Jesus, who empowers and equips us. As we navigate the path of influence, pride is an adversary, and it always will be, but it doesn't have to consume us. By grounding ourselves in the truth of Scripture and staying connected to our source of worth in God— and continually examining our motives, we can guard against the destructive pull of pride. In our pursuit of influence, we can commit to remaining vigilant, seeking to cultivate humility as a counterbalance to the allure of pride. As we do so, we not only safeguard our personal well-being, but also create a space for God's transformative work in our lives and in the lives of those we touch. You see, my story on this podcast is about how God has repurposed me, but ultimately, in tuning in to what He's done in my life, I'm creating a space for you as my listener to hear from God and look for ways that His transformative work in your life is there. 
And so if I get all caught up in influence and pride, I lose sight of that as well. Yet in our quest for growth, we also often overlook the treasure trove of blessings that surround us. I could get so caught up in worrying about the balance between pride and between humility that I actually forget to look for the blessings around me. So in the final segment today, we're going to explore the impact of gratitude and contentment on our journey of influence. The Apostle Paul's words in 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 resonate like a gentle call to recalibrate our hearts. He says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. You see, sometimes in the pursuit of influence and trying to gain followers, a lot of the times we're also seeing that as a way of gaining wealth, gaining money, gaining sometimes practical provisions for our families. But I have to remind myself not to get caught off track and dragged into a place where wealth becomes the pursuit, like financial wealth, because there is wealth in contentment itself. In fact, that godliness and that contentment is worth pursuing over all other things. This verse encapsulates the essence of a life well-lived, a life that finds its purpose not in ceaseless striving, but in the quiet joy of embracing the blessings we've been given. Let's explore the significance of gratitude and contentment. First, count blessings, not comparisons. Gratitude redirects our focus from what we lack to what we have. It invites us to pause and reflect on the gifts of God that often go unnoticed in the hustle of busy life. As we express gratitude for our current circumstances, we cease that harmful cycle of comparing ourselves to others and instead celebrate the unique path God has set before us. Two, contentment is a source of strength. Contentment is not complacency. I know that's hard like to distinguish between, but complacency and contentment are not the same thing. Instead, contentment is a wellspring of inner strength. It's the ability to find peace and fulfillment in the present moment, regardless of external circumstances. Contentment guards our hearts against the corrosive effects of envy and greed. It allows us to remain steadfast in our faith and our convictions. So, Being complacent might mean that I'm not pursuing the thing God wants me to do, but being content is that I'm pursuing it, but knowing that I don't want to miss the blessings along the way as I go. I don't want to lose out on that, always pursuing and hurrying towards the next thing. The third thing is a heart of generosity. Gratitude and contentment naturally lead to a heart of generosity. When we recognize the abundance in our lives, we're compelled to share our blessings with others. Our influence, when we wield it with grateful and content hearts, becomes a vehicle for impacting lives, for offering hope, and for spreading the love of Christ. Number four, a shield against pride. Gratitude and contentment act as powerful antidotes to the poison of pride. When we acknowledge that every good gift comes from God, we're automatically humbled by His grace and provision. Gratitude reminds us that we're not the sole architects of our success. It's a collaborative effort between our efforts and God's abundant blessings and the unique ways that He has gifted and equipped us for what He has called us to do. 
And the last thing is savoring the journey. The pursuit of influence is a journey, and gratitude helps us savor each step along the way. If you've ever let chocolate melt on your tongue and just tasted it, that's what it's like. Sometimes I put some chocolate in a little cup on my desk after I have my lunch. Maybe it's chocolate chips, some M&Ms, something like that. And I intend to savor it, to let those M&Ms melt in my mouth and taste each one. And sometimes I get so caught up in what I'm doing that all of a sudden I realize they're gone and I don't know where they went. Savoring is when I slow down and I taste it and I really get that full flavor of chocolate. And when we do that in life, when we savor each step along the way, we see God at work. We feel the joy. We feel the emotions that come along with it. We feel the empathy for other people. It just slows us down and and helps us to really be in the moment. It teaches us to find joy in the milestones and in the mundane, recognizing that growth and impact are built upon a foundation of small, meaningful moments. As we cultivate gratitude and contentment, we create a fertile soil in which humility can flourish. It's kind of like my flower garden out front. (laughs) I love having it on the front of my house because every time I drive in the driveway, I get to see what's flourishing there. By appreciating the present, we release the grip of anxiety about the future. We relinquish the weight of unmet expectations. And our influence, rather than being a source of self-promotion becomes a channel through which God's love flows outward. So in the garden of our pursuit of influence, let's plant seeds of gratitude and contentment. Let's cultivate a heart that beats with thankfulness, a spirit that rests in contentment, and a life that blossoms with the abundant joy of knowing that in God's economy, true gain is found not in accumulating, but in appreciating. As we wrap up this episode, we've talked about a transformative journey through the interconnected realms of humility, pride, and contentment. These profound truths serve as guideposts on our path toward growing influence while remaining firmly rooted in our faith. In the exploration of humility, we've discovered that it isn't a sign of weakness, but a reflection of Christ's character. Just as he humbled himself for our sake, we're called to embrace humility as a mark of true greatness. By valuing others above ourselves and serving with a selfless heart, we become conduits of God's love, touching lives and leaving a lasting impact. The temptations of pride, as we've learned, is a constant companion on our journey. It whispers promises of acclaim and recognition, and it entices us to prioritize our own desires over the needs of others, maybe to pursue money above all things. Yet, we've been reminded that pride's allure is fleeting and deceptive. By anchoring our identity in God, we fortify ourselves against the destructive pull of pride, allowing humility to be our compass. In the realm of contentment, we've uncovered the power of gratitude to recalibrate our perspective. By counting our blessings and finding joy in the presence, we silence the voice of comparison and envy. Contentment becomes a shield against the unrelenting pursuit of more, allowing us to channel our influence with a heart full of generosity and a deep sense of purpose. So, my friends, as you navigate the intricacies of growing influence in a world that often celebrates self-promotion, remember that humility, pride awareness, and contentment form an unbreakable triad.
Let's embrace humility as the cornerstone of our character, allowing it to guide our actions and intentions, to guard against the snares of pride with unwavering vigilance, keeping our hearts attuned to the still small voice of God. And finally, let gratitude and contentment be your faithful companions, infusing every step of your journey with meaning and fulfillment. In this delicate dance between influence and humility, let's be vessels of God's grace, shining His light in a world that's hungry for authenticity and compassion. As we conclude, may we continue to walk humbly, to seek to honor God, and touch lives with the transformative power of Christ's love. This week, I don't have anything on my current reading list to share with you. I caught up on some podcast listening instead of books for a few weeks. I was doing some tasks around the house and doing some sorting through some things on my website, and I decided to just listen to a lot of the podcasts that were queued up, things I had wanted to get to and eventually Um, wasn't sure I would. And so I cleared that out. And I don't want to share all those with you because it would be a big long list. So instead, I have a couple of books that are on my to-be-read list that I want to tell you about. I have Caitlin Beatty's book, Celebrities for Jesus, that I just talked about at the beginning of this episode. The subtitle of that is How Personas, Platforms, and Profits Are Hurting the Church. So that's on my list, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes if it's something you want to put on your reading list too. I also want to listen to The God Dare, and the subtitle of that one is, Will You Choose to Believe the Impossible? That one's by Kate Battistelli. She's coming up on an episode in a few weeks, and I just recorded a conversation with her, and I want to listen to the audiobook. Sometimes I listen to the book or read the book before I have an interview with someone, and sometimes I don't, and I'm just telling their story, and her story was intriguing, and I really want to listen to that book. And the last one that's on my to-be-read list is The Making of Biblical Womanhood by Beth Allison Barr. It's been on there for a while, so I think it's time for me to do that one. It's already downloaded and it's queued up on my phone, so I need to listen to that one. If you're interested in any of those, they'll be linked in the show notes. And speaking of the show notes, uh, there's a link there at michellerayburn.com slash 163 where you can get some of the resources I've talked about today and also where you can sign up to be on my email list because this week I'm sending out a printable devotional to all my email subscribers. Just an encouragement, something to um, look at scripture and apply, helping you on your journey. I'm pulling some things out of some of my archives and putting them into a printable form that you can share with anybody you'd like to. Send it on an email print it out and hand it to someone. So you want to sign up to make sure you get the free resources every week because they go out to my list and then after that they go to Patreon. So if you've missed all the discussion guides, devotionals, all the free resources that I've created to go along with podcast episodes, you can get those by becoming a supporter on Patreon. And it really doesn't cost much because I went to the coffee shop recently and spent probably $12 on a gluten-free bagel and an iced mocha. And it is under that. Co- it's it's only $9 a month. If you love this show and you want to support it and get those free resources where you can just go there and click on them. So that is also linked at michellerayburn.com slash 163. Little bit promotional there. I know tagging up and ending of an episode on 
not being overly promotional. So I just want you to know about that. Those are resources that are there for you. I'm so grateful that you have joined me in this episode of Life Repurposed. I know it's an investment of your time when you listen to my voice in your headphones. And so I thank you for that because I've laid out some things that are on my heart and you've joined me in that. I would love to encourage you on that journey. So feel free to send me an email or message me on a social media platform. And I would love to be able to pray for you or just give you a high five virtually that way. Well, friends, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, may your influence be a reflection of your heart's alignment with God's purposes, and may you find abundant joy and contentment. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 